Welcome to Recommissioned, a Battlestar Galactica podcast by LSG Media. Each week, we sit down to watch an episode of Battlestar Galactica. Now, I've seen them all, but my good pal Matt has only seen up to the one we are covering. And on this week's episode, we bring you Season 4, Episode 15, No Exit. Do it. Excuse me? I know it's not your job. Thing is, is I need a chief, and all I have is a... The Galen. That you do, sir. See, you still call me sir. I think we have to accept what we are. We accept the title, Chief. Still a Cylon. Is that right? So is Mike So. Well, Mr. Anderson, here we are. (laughs) Boy, here we fucking are. In the hot seat to unpack... This writer's dump of every answer to every question you ever had since season one, so long back that you forgot what the question was. Oh, Holy shit. Yeah, man. Wow. Hey. Like, fuck. <laughs> so I didn't remember. I'm, I'm going to be very honest about this episode. I, I didn't remember what episode this occurred in. And <laughs> the info dump. Yeah. And had I remembered, I would have given us another day with it, to be frank. And um, my concern is, is that we're going to go through this and miss some stuff because <laughs> it's basically Ellen and Cavill saying lots of stuff and then Andrew saying lots of stuff. And then you have, and, and I mean, for major plot purposes, and then the other things are just less relevant to the major through line. So right. I don't know what's going to happen, except I think I'm going to be playing a lot of clips. Yeah. Of those people, because I think we're going to want to know what the fuck is going on. Um, Yeah, I feel bad because I I don't really do this, but I've I've had a very crazy couple of days. And today I was like, all right, I'm going to watch this at 8.55 my time. We record at 10 my time. So I finished my watch like 15 minutes before you called me. And I was like, fuck, man, I definitely did this wrong. I didn't think I was going to have to worry about that. I started to get a little panicky because I was trying to remember when this occurred and I couldn't, and I haven't really been reading ahead. So I'm giving lots of disclaimers at the front of this episode in an, in an attempts for us to, because you know, what's different about this map and you and I were kind of chatting about this on the phone. This episode is not really, there's no interpretation here for us. There's a couple of things. There's a couple of things we need to share our thoughts on, but this is largely us just disseminating information that if we're supposed to take as fact means we need to just talk about what we think and feel about those facts versus like any type of discovery or theory. Do you know what I mean? So it's a bit different. Right. Right. I agree. And just reacting to some of these revelations for me, um, I have the, Wik- like I was I have the Wikipedia article pulled up and I'm just going to probably read a bunch of it and then we'll discuss it because <laughs> it might be easier in a lot of these circumstances because Wikipedia is about information, even if it's not always the right information. And so is this in, so is this episode. Yeah, that's pretty much it. This is kind of the Battlestar wiki made into an episode. That's a really good way right. of saying it. Yeah. Here's, here's every reference, every annotation to all those nagging questions you had. Um, and for me, you know, to be honest, I've watched it twice, but I still am like, whoa, shit, there's a lot, there's so much to unpack, um, that I wish I had the time to go back and even 
remember what some of my theories about what the Cylons were back in, you know, season one and season two, which I even, I can't remember what I thought they were. Well, that was also like four years ago. Fucking A, it was. Maybe even longer. And that's what's crazy about this show. And not until recently, like, that we decided to start doing it week by week. But, um, But even on some of those episode every other week releases, you and I recorded, like, for a year and then took, like, months off and then started just slowly releasing the back catalog. And, yeah, that's um, right. And it was cool. I, I, I'm not sure it's the right move, though. It was definitely a learning experience. So I don't know if it's the right move. It, maybe you could do that on a miniseries and sit on it and then release it all. But like, yeah. But anyway, all of our retrospective history about the meta <laughs> of our podcast and how it relates to the show aside, um, two major reveals. Let me just, I, I want you to just kind of do a scatter shot of how you just feel right that's now. Awesome. Because I think this here is a crucible for... I think this is a crossroads for people. This episode. Yeah, because Ellen is a fifth Cylon. It's revealed. We see what she says. We learn about a lot of the history about the tribe, the 13th tribe, about Cole, about who designed who. And it's all still very like, convoluted to me. But, but, just a, <laughs> but just a general feeling where you scratch in your head. And, you, you tell me. You, you're the podcaster. Okay. I mean, I'll say this. Like, I really did enjoy this episode. Um, nice. As as tough and confusing and, and dense as it was at times to even just follow, it, it was like it was like watching Anders be a man on fire, you know, charting down the theorem on the fly across six whiteboards, and I'm still scrambling to take notes. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa wait, 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 what? Where? Um, I still did enjoy a lot of that. Um, for me, the, the whole reveal with Ellen didn't feel as much like a reveal because I mean, we had the it's episode true. where they were on Earth. And, you know, Saul has the memory of, oh, God, it was Ellen, and she spoke of resurrecting, she's the, the fifth. So that was kind of alleviated a little, it made me ready for that. of like, okay, she is the fifth and final Cylon. What does that mean? Because she did die, and the resurrection hub has been destroyed, but she died before that. And this episode then confirms, yes, she did die before that and was resurrected into the resurrection hub, which also, this sequence of her waking up, and pretty much all of the scenes... I'll say this, man. The scenes with her on board the the base star with Cavill are definitely my favorite scenes of the show. Uh, the yeah. actress who fucking plays Ellen, I've always she's awesome. Her, huh? Thought she was good. She fucking crushes this episode, man. She's her and Dean Stockwell are phenomenal. It's my they're, biggest they're, theory as to why she was the fifth. <laughs> they're like, ah, she's got acting chops. <laughs> I I, I really do think that. Um, anyway, no, I actually I could totally see that. Um, but yeah, dude, I. I really, uh, I think my favorite stuff, like I already just said, is the scenes between, you know, Cavill and Ellen and really all of the things they're talking about because that, that to me kind of digs into the nagging questions I've always motivation. What motivates the Cylons? Like not even just what they are, but what motivates them? And we've talked about that way back in season one of just that, you know, if you're just tracing their actions and what they're doing, well, they're on this hunt to just fully exterminate the human race. And I'm like, that's, you know, and it's really brought back in this episode full force of that's just pure vengeance. Like there's no, there's no tactical reason for that. There, it's not like the humans were sitting on some resource that the Cylons needed and the Cylons were just like, ah, fuck the humans. They, they were our slave masters anyways. Let's kill them. It was purely just let's kill all the humans. And it was like, I, I always have struggled and in a good way. I thought it was interesting, but I'm like, why do they want this? Why do they want this? It does seem so petty in a weird way. And this episode pretty much confirms that of, yeah, it is a, a petty tyrant's, you know, mission to destroy 
uh, essentially kind of it's almost to me it reminded me of like the idea of satan rebelling against god because of course, of of course. favored creation of humans and of course you know, the angels are are the ones now angry because they're the lesser child the first child um and i'm like i i like this like i think it's it's compelling and cool i like the revelation that the the supposedly godlike machines that who are so unpredictable and so beyond us are actually just as petty and angry as we are and that's what's really driving so much of this conflict um and then i'll say everything with anders and the final five you know speaking together is as interested as i was in it it was less the presentation of it was less interesting uh because at the end of the day it's literally one guy going all right here's everything that happened and i'm just gonna say it and there's no conversation yeah there's no conversation he's just dumping it all out there and you know they're reacting to it and some of the revelations are genuinely really interesting and were surprising to me um I, I do still find it odd how much they, you know, how, okay, now this is going to get convoluted. I don't want to go too far into it because it's not even that interesting, to be honest. But it's like kind of a side writer's issue of like, you've made all these people ancient Cylons who somehow knew each other. And then now they've all ended up right together right here aboard the Galactica, surviving all of the attacks. And here they are, they're just together and they know each other. Like, eh, it feels a little weird. Like it, it definitely, it's one of those things where it feels like, this was a problem in the writer's room that he just had to like, all right, we just got to like dive into it and just embrace the weird, you know, design of everything we've come up with so far because it's a little jaunty. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm struggling with this one, man, because I, I enjoy a lot about it. Um, I'm enjoying seeing the Cylons for kind of what they are, but also the history of the 13th tribe and the Cobol, you know, the, the, the relation of, of Cobol to earth and, and the timelines that shit is, that's, it's a little much. Like, I'm still, I've watched it twice, and I'm still kind of struggling over the path of all of this. Sure. So why don't we talk about the Andrew stuff first? Yeah, I like that. So, basically, with Anders, we have the, the bullets lodged in his brain, and he starts getting these crazy memories, which is essentially the complete origin of the Final Five. Right. Right. Um, and he basically says that the Cylons, which were the 13th tribe of Cobol, because we have to remember, right. there are, this pencil doesn't work and I'm on a fucking rage. Pen. Does the pen work? The pen works. So there were 12. Oh, the superior Cylon pen to the human <laughs> pencil. Mechanical pencil. Go figure. Should have went with an all natural pencil. <laughs> the 13th tribe, he basically says, and, and, and I'm going to literally be kind of going through an article just because it's, it's easier this way. Um, I want to spend more time discussing it than trying to figure it out. Um, the Cylons, which were the 13th tribe of Kobol, began procreating naturally on Earth. Right. And now, so the question this begs for me is, okay, the 12 other tribes, which became the 12 colonies, which were all human. Yes. They knew the 13th tribe were Cylons because they must have made them, correct? No. I don't believe okay. that's the case. Um, all right. So here's how it goes. Anders uh, says the Cylons, which were the 13th tribe of Cobol, began procreating naturally on Earth and finally lost resurrection technology. I guess it fell into disrepair because they didn't need it anymore. Right. Anders and, and the- dude, that's also just real quick. That's an idea I fucking love. Me too. I don't think a lot of stories and and movie like I feel like that's something Dune would touch on. Totally. The idea of culture and even technology getting lost through time just because of its it becomes less essential you out evolve um, it right you out evolve it and then eventually it becomes necessary again for a new different reason but it's not there and i'm like that's actually really cool right I think that's awesome now 
the final five were responsible for sort of reinventing that technology. Right. So 13 Tribe is Cylons who can procreate, thus their resurrection technology falls into disrepair and they eventually is lost to the annals of time. Except the final five were researchers who worked on reinventing the ancient technology, which means they were part of that 13th tribe, right? The final five redeveloped the ancient resurrection process and created a resurrection ship in Earth around orbit. I said that back, in orbit around Earth. Right. So they make a resurrection ship. They stick it in the orbit around Earth. Nuclear war destroys Earth. Now, pause. My question there is, was that an attack by their centurions or is that just their own nuclear war that was a that was a hanging detail that really fucked with me i'm like were you guys attacked by centurions or other humans or was this you guys just infighting your own war destroyed you uh, maybe it doesn't matter but um, this kind of gets into the ellen stuff so in a flashback to the silent occupation of caprica ellen tire resurrected on the Cylon. by the way her acting here phenomenal when she's scared and then immediately composes herself as a Cylon. Yes. And sits up straight. Like, it's really good. It's a really awesome moment in the show. It's a transition moment of, like, she, when she first awakes, she's, she's the human Ellen Ty. And she's horrified and then look and notices a centurion and has the horrific realization, oh my God, I'm a Cylon and is in terror over that. And then as she's, you know, lamenting it and screaming, she's also, you can see her slowly, the memories coming back of, oh yes, I'm a Cylon. I, I'm behind a lot of this. This is according to plan. I'm okay. And like, you know, regaining composure. Like watching her move through that is is so good. Like that opening scene is excellent. Yeah, it's really good. Um, I'm trying to see if I can find a uh, a little reference online I can use that's easy. Also, I believe it was our, our boy T-Dog who was asking me about what did I think of the cold open, uh, the different opening that we oh, yeah. this episode this week. Um, I got to say, I really dig it. And what it makes me think, the way that they're hammering home is, you know, it opens with, this has all happened, be- happened before and it will happen again. We're returning to the idea of a cycle. Um, and that really comes back throughout this episode, the revelations of the cycle of humans creating technology that becomes, you know, self-aware, has its own free will and rebels against us and like propelling this, you know, mm-hmm. cycle of violence and, you know, the creations hating the creator. Totally. I love it. Yeah, me too. Um, and it's in it that is very cyclical and it makes sense. But back to it, um, her resurrection restores all of her memories. At first she's known only to Cavill. Ellen tries to persuade Cavill to stop chasing the humans, and he refuses, saying he wants justice for the enslavement of the Cylons that led to the first Cylon War. Okay. So Cavill is upset because of the first Cylon War in which he feels, and, and even Adama says it, and this actually comes up, right? This, and Ty says it in this episode where he says, we can't hide from what we've done. Back in the miniseries, he said that. And even Ty suggesting that too. But this gets back to John, or Cavill as it were. Cavill basically saying, I want justice for what they did to us. <laughs> Which in this case, justice is indistinguishable from revenge and extermination. Sure. Yep. Absolutely. That's fair. Um, but back to what you were saying, which was the, um, you were talking about the, um, working on the technology, right? So I'm going to kind of go past the, 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 the nuclear war destroying earth part. When nuclear war destroyed the earth colony, the final five were killed. That's what we saw in that old flashback. 
Exactly. Right? Which was Galen, Galen Tyrrell's, like, image, like, his nuclear shadow. Yeah. Yep. Um, so fucking Sarah Connor on the fence moment in that moment of those five researchers being together, being Cylons, they were resurrected. They made their way to the 12 colonies with the intent on warning the humans against repeating old mistakes. So that's pretty interesting. So the final five kind of become prophets, so to speak, to say, we have to break the cycle. See now that, okay. Pretty well, cool. I don't want to, I, I really dig that, but it also <laughs> starts to beg another question of, so these humanoid Cylons, these mm-hmm. final five, they were still definitely on some level of good terms with the 12 human colonies because they thought to, we should go back and warn them. And which, which, you know, begs the, begs you to think that, okay, well, they, they must think the humans will listen to them, that, that this is something they can accomplish. I don't know if they thought that. So it's tough to say. Because they were part of, if the final five were part of the 13th tribe, they were separated from the humans. Right. 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 But I think... Sticky. Right. But but when nuclear war destroys Earth, I think them being, I don't know why they were on Earth, but they were. Um, And I think when it got destroyed, I think in that moment, those five Cylons, remember, they're not, they don't have that feeling that Cavill has at this point. And they're like, God, this is terrible. How do we stop this from happening? Because they were killed during, you know, shortly after fixing their resurrection process. They were killed. Right. And they're like, whoa, this is crazy. Mm. Yeah. And they want to go warn the rest of the, the human colonies. Correct. Uh, because of time dilation and they, they were not traveling at the speed of light. They didn't have <clears throat> jump technology yet. Yes. By the time they reached the colonies, thousands of years have passed. Yes. The humans, which I guess up until this point, up until they're, they're leaving until the final five leaving Earth to warn the colonies. At that time, the humans hadn't created their own Cylons yet. But by the time they arrived there, they had created the Centurions, and the Centurions were already in the midst of attacking them in the first Cylon War. Correct. Yeah. Yep. The Centurions had already been created, had already created the hybrid models, but nothing that could survive on its own. The five offered to help the Centurions if in exchange they ended the war. So that was kind of like yeah, at the time. Yeah, I guess they only had those shitty Hellraiser versions that, that <laughs> young Adama saw, just the fucking meat paste on the walls and screaming limbs. Right, right. Ugh. Well, that and the in the guys with the like by your command red light flashing back and forth on their faces. <laughs> yeah, they had the toasters <laughs> by your command. Yeah, and so yeah, that the theory that the time dilation ship stuff is fucking so cool to me. Oh, I love that stuff. Yeah. This is um, great sci-fi shit. It is. I love it. It's um, that's something that's always been interesting to me is that process right there, mm-hmm. especially right. ever since Interstellar depicted it as perfectly as they did. Yeah, totally. Um, let's see. So, so where are we in our revelations? They returned so, to Earth, and now yes, sorry, it is oh, I'm not. Yeah, not to Earth. They returned to the colonies. Um, so I'll, let me back it up. So they make their way to the colonies with the town warning the humans against repeating old mistakes. But they arrived thousands of years late, essentially. And that's and the colonies were already engulfed in a war with their own Cylon centurions. Right. Separate from these already human, you know, cobalt tribe arrivals. Right. So the centurions had already created the hybrid models, but nothing that could survive on its own. The five offered to help the centurions if they ended the war. The five gave them resurrection tech and created eight humanoid models, although the fleet previously only knew the existence of seven of them. So it's interesting that that's the, what they do here, right? So we back it up a little bit. They say, 
we're going to help you by giving you this resurrection technology, but we need you to end this war, mm. right? And, oh, yeah. here are eight human models. <laughs> right. Now we can show you how to reproduce and resurrect indefinitely. Right. And then the seventh comes up, which is doesn't kind of irrelevant, Daniel. He doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah, that was one of those writer's errors, like, oops, we did the math wrong, and so we got to explain how there was a seventh one. Yikesers, forgot. Yes. Just like how they forgot Tyrrell had a baby, and they're like, oh, shit, we made him asylum, but he had a baby. Uh, it was somebody else's baby. Right, 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 right. For, for a show this dense, and it went this long, I can forgive two writer whoopsie-daisies. It's fine. <laughs> you can accept that. Yep. Um, this is where the temple comes up. And Ellen says that wasn't her, but that Deanna saw the faces of the final five in the temple, which is very interesting. Yes. Now, this is what really leaves room for that, that same debate that we've had this whole time of, is there an actual supernatural sure. uh, supernatural forces at play in the show? Or is that Cylon fuckery? Or is it just human belief? Well, according to Ellen, it was an act of God. Yeah, according to her. Like, she didn't do it. Because, you know, Cavill was like, you planted that there. You must have laid that down, you know, beforehand for one of us to find. And she said, no, I right. never did that. That must have been orchestrated by the one true God. Yes. Obviously, Cavill's resentful of all this because of the human weakness. This gets back to your angel comparison. Fallen angels, Lucifer, that kind of shit. Yes, he was the most favorite and handsome angel. I really love that moment where he's talking about, like, I want to feel solar wind. That's so cool. You gave me these disgusting, fleshy orbs oh, to yeah. witness like the galaxy with. Like, I love the contempt for the box he's stuck in. Right, right. The it's really for, cool. I love it. I, love, I mean, just the idea of remembering that he is, in a, in a real sense, a machine. That, that this, the human body he's in is, what I love about it is how it perfectly mirrors our own issues of we have even though we have free will we didn't choose to either be born or to be born the way that we are this and the cylons are in the same boat like they were made by a creator and made in this creator's chosen image and they had no say over that and they can't really change it like i love the little revelation that he also deleted sleep from his <laughs> 20 years that that annoying unproductive human habit you know, i got rid of that um but yeah, just saying that, like, the limitations that I have, you have put on me. I yep. want these. Let's have a listen. It's a really cool moment. Well, I have. I saw a star explode and send out the building blocks of the universe. Other stars, other planets, and eventually other life. A supernova. Creation itself. I was there. I wanted to see it and be part of the moment. And you know how I perceived one of the most glorious events in the universe? With these ridiculous gelatinous orbs in my skull. With eyes designed to perceive only a tiny fraction of the EM spectrum. With ears designed only to hear vibrations in the air. The five of us designed you to be as human as possible. I don't want to be human. I want to see gamma rays. I want to hear x-rays. And I, I, want to, I want to smell dark matter. Do you see the absurdity of what I am? I can't even express these things properly because I have to, I have to conceptualize complex ideas in this stupid, limiting spoken language. But I know I want to reach out with something other than these prehensile paws and feel the solar wind of a supernova flowing over me. 
I'm a machine. And I could know much more. I could experience so much more, but I'm trapped in this absurd body. And why? Because my five creators thought that God wanted it that way. Awesome. It, it, it really explains his contempt for Deanna knowing the faces of the five because of his contempt for the five. He doesn't hold them in the same, you know, revelry that the rest of them seem to. The same mythology, as it were. What I love about that, too, and this is kind of a, an aside compared to his, his speech, but I think that's a little bit of his own doing. He purposefully kept them a mystery to so many, you know, the rest of the Cylons that the, I think that built up this idea of grandeur about them. And so it's like you you hid them, which then therefore gave them this mystique um, that I think you know Deanna became obsessed with. Uh, but no, dude, his his speech itself is, I mean, for me, that's like that goes up there with the great sci fi speeches. It's like Roy Batty fucking dying in the rain. I mean, God, that's incredible. The idea of the angry machine condemning its creator and condemning its you know the limitations forced upon it. Totally. It's so cool. Like, oh, fuck. I, I, I think about that for days. Yeah. But yeah, the fact that the fact that he's getting to speak to her again here and, and try to justify that what, what I've chosen to do is to go against, you know, her chosen order. That this idea that, that the humans are something sacred. Uh, because when you think about it, that, that's got to be part of Ellen's beliefs. Because, you know, she doesn't say it outright. He kind of mockingly says, like, oh, you made us this way because you thought some god wanted it this way. And even if that's not her actual personal reason, well, it is still true that she made the Cylons purposefully humanoid, with humanoid limitations in a lot of ways. Um, and and it, it makes me wonder why. Yeah. Um, I found a really good article called The Story of the Final Five in the Battlestar Wiki. I'm just kind of grazing over to see what is in here that could be bad. <laughs> <laughs> the naughty, naughty, too far ahead spoilers. Let me look up Apotheosis. What episode is this? Season one, episode 18, an episode of the Caprica series. Okay, we can spoil that, I guess. Yeah, we ain't covering Caprica. No exit, no exit, no exit, no exit, no exit. I'm just looking at the references and then the plan, which I know people want us to cover, but we're not going to cover Oh. <laughs> maybe maybe a watch along actually maybe we could watch the plan it's only an episode i think yeah i looked it up it's like an hour 10 minutes something like that hour and 12 oh cool I didn't read anything about it but i just looked up the time all right so uh it, for the sake of of getting a better explanation on some of this stuff i am going to look at this article and i am going to read some of it and we're going to discuss it let's do it finally the origin of the five is revealed. Sam Andrews regains, re- regains his silent memories after getting shot in the head, and he reveals what he knows to Saltai, Galen, Tori, as well as Kara. The final five worked in a research fac- facility on Earth. Saul and Ellen were married back then, and Tyrell and Foster were in love and planned to get married. What they were researching was a way to reinvent resurrection tech. Organic memory transfer came from Kobold, but had fallen out of use after the 13th tribe started to procreate. The five worked night and day to rebuild it, spurred by apocalyptic warnings from the, quote, messengers. Now, that might be something we're going to learn about later. Well, now, no, Sam actually mentions Oh, he does. Okay, was, cool. Just making sure. It goes by so quick, but that's something I got hung up on, too, because it, 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 he only mentions it once, where he's like, you know, we all saw the warnings, and we were the only ones who could see them, and they looked different to all of us. He's like, I saw it as a man. Tori, you saw it as a woman. Okay. And, and and I was like, whoa, whoa what? What are these? What are you talking about? But I guess this is yeah, the Harbingers. 
Ah, indeed. Um, he continues, Tyrrell's work on the project was, quote, amazing, but it was Ellen who made the intuitive leap that brought the system back online. Now, here's where it gets important. The final five, the five then placed the technology and new bodies for them on a ship they placed in orbit around Earth. When they were all killed in a nuclear holocaust unleashed by Earth's mistreated mechanical Cylons, they were reborn in their new bodies on the ship in orbit. Realizing so these, yes, okay. yes, that's so important. These humanoid Cylons had their own Centurion toaster Cylons that rebelled and nuked them. Okay. That's right. All of this happened before. All of this will happen again. Right? They were reborn from the bodies. Okay. Realizing that the other twelve tribes would continue to create artificial life, they headed for the colonies to tell the humans to treat their creations well and keep them close because their people hadn't. That's why when they get to Earth and like, oh my God, it's destroyed. Right? Wait, what do you mean? Well, what I just said. Earth was destroyed, remember? Because yeah, yeah. then when they find Earth, they're like, oh, what the fuck happened? Now we know what the fuck happened, and we know why what the fuck happened there. Because the Cylons are like, fuck this shit, which is why they had human and Cylon bones, right? Exactly. Yep. Because their people hadn't developed jump drives, the five ship, this is the relativistic subliminal speed, as it were. Um, Ellen says, they stopped at the Temple of Hopes on their way to the colonies, a temple that was created by their ancestors, who prayed there and got a sign that led them to Earth. But Ellen said that the five were not responsible for the vision that three had. It must have been orchestrated by, quote, God. Now, here is an important distinction. At some point between 58 and 53 years before the destruction of the colonies, so 58 and 53 years before the destruction of the colonies, the five may have been in contact with Zoe A. So this is something from Apotheosis the first Cylon created in the 12 colonies via Caprica's virtual world. That doesn't come up in this episode, but there you have it. By the time they got to the colonies, the humans were already at war with the Centurions. The Centurions were already trying to make flesh bodies. They had created the hybrids, but nothing that lived on its own. So the five said, stop the war and we will help you create humanoid models. That's when they decided to create the Simtar Peace Accord, right? Okay. So now that makes sense because 40 40 years, yeah. So the five and the Centurions then withdrew to a mobile space station called the Colony placed beyond the Armistice Line. The five and the Centurions worked well together. The five had learned to respect mechanical Cylons and even adopted their monotheistic beliefs. That's super interesting. Yeah, that monotheism comes from the toasters. Yes. (laughs) That's where this originates. The five developed the eight humanoid models and give them resurrection tech. They created number one and named him John. He was named after Ellen's father and also made in his image, even though she liked to give him the swirl. Which is a sagrosa. Number one later changed his name to Cavill as he hated the name John. Cavill helped the five build the other seven models. Ellen was close to seven, Daniel, and Cavill, out of jealousy, contaminated his fluid and basically killed him. Right? So that's very interesting. So they withdraw, they create the armistice station, they say, knock off this bullshit. So the five are there, and they're saying, that's why this is such a cool story, because the five are like, okay, we're here, stop this. This is dumb. Stop it. Here's an armistice, here's the fleshy bots you want, and one of them happens to be John. And that's what's so tragically cool about this, is they had stopped fighting, they had stopped everything, and then they made John. And he was like, this is fucking bullshit. Mm -hmm. So Calvary rejects mercy. He had a twisted idea of morality and despised the five for containing, contaminating their creations with human weaknesses and centurion religious ideals. Ah. Yeah. So he That's turned on Cavill, too. So, Cur- so Cavill is the catalyst for, for the wars. 
for the new attacks. Yeah. Um, and Cavill has always had a little bit of like a sneer towards the Centurions as well. He kind of thinks of them as like just dumb, you know, totally lesser machines. And that makes sense as to why. Right. So anyway, he trapped them in a, in a compartment and then he took the oxygen offline. Kills the final five. Cavill boxed the five at first, but ultimately unboxed them and downloaded them to new bodies, blocking their memories and implanting false ones. I don't quite know why he does that. Uh, well, the he talks about the episode, it a little bit. Yeah, and Ellen, Ellen speculates on it, which he doesn't really contest, where she's like basically saying, well, you sent us down you know, to the humans who you hated, and you, know, you think that we have such a, you know, a no, that's right. for... No, that's right. Um, and he you know, wanting us to suffer in human lives. And, like and, and see human. it for firsthand. See right. human brutality firsthand. Yeah, that's right. Cavill put the five into the human pop in order to truly show them what humans are like. What a cool idea. I love it, and I also love how it's so, like he even says as much in this episode, Cavill goes... You know, all this time you spent in a mortal life and you come back and it seems like nothing's changed about you at all. Like, how interesting. And I'm like, yeah, dude, you're really missing it. Like, I feel like the point that that makes is that mortal human life is not that unlike uh, a Cylon life. Like, I mean, because I think what he wanted, what he wanted was for them to wake up and go, what the fuck? And him to go, I told you so. Exactly. That's what he wanted. Right. But it doesn't work because, I mean, un- it seems like he doesn't even really have a full awareness of it. But, you know, we, it's revealed to us now that the humanoid Cylons, who were the 13th tribe on Earth, they were doing what humanity did. <laughs> they were mistreating, <laughs> you know, r- robotic life forms, you know, the Centurion models that rebelled against them and destroyed them. And I'm like, so what, how are you, how is you sending them back into human society, which is doing what their society did, going to teach them a lesson? Like they're, they're just doing the same thing again. Yeah, I think what's interesting about that is because he wiped, you have to remember when he boxes them, he wipes their memories. So he, so the five have no idea about anything, except when they're resurrected, when you get resurrected, your memory will be automatically restored and then you can oh, compare sure. those experiences and he can say, I told you so, <laughs> which again, well, I just think it's, it's right. funny how much he thinks that the sheer experience alone to change totally. perspective so much. And it's like, it really just proves that the experience is very similar. Totally. Now the truth behind the music that you their knowledge of their true selves has yet to be revealed because that's an important part. I don't think Cavill had any indication or knew that the five were going to just get their memories without dying. Unlike Ellen. That's what's so interesting about the first Cylon, the fifth, the final, the fifth Cylon, I should say, is that moment of her waking up with Cavill is after she's poisoned. Yes. And it's at that point where he's like, told you so. And that's what's so cool about it, right? Because it it makes sense. And she's, and, and, and you're right. It doesn't, it doesn't work on her. But anyway, Cavill raises all knowledge of, of the identities from his siblings and his, and, and his was the only silent model that knew about their identities. But he kept at least one new body for each of them to download into. When Ellen was killed by Saul, she downloads into the body. With the discretion of the hub, the five are the only ones who know how to rebuild resurrection tech. But Ellen claims it will take all five working together to rebuild it, right? Mm. So when she resurrects, her memory comes back. I, I got to be honest with you. Cavill's probably pumped when she comes back. Because he's like, cool, we can fix our fucking tech. <laughs> and then well, she's point, like, well, sorry, dude. <laughs> it takes all of us. 
Well, also at that point, when she first resurrects again, they still have the resurrection hub. It hadn't been destroyed yet. It's that day when he wakes her up with the, with the, did you notice the fucking glass of whiskey? She's like, well, that's a hell of a good morning. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I know it's your fucking favorite thing, Ellen, you boozy bitch. That's funny. We need your help. I know I've been a shithead to you nonstop for a year on this ship now. Um, but he wakes her up that time being like, okay, hey, look, you're here and the resurrection, resurrection ship has been destroyed and you're the only one who can fix it. And he's convinced that she's lying to him, that she could single-handedly yes. at least give them the basic keys to, to get it working and restore it. And she's insisting that, no, I'm not lying to you. I really can't do it on my own. Yep, that makes sense. So Cavill erases all knowledge of their identities from his siblings and his way in, and this was the only Cylon model that knew their identities afterwards, but he kept at least one new body for each of them to download into. When Ellen's killed by Saul, she downloads into a new body on a resurrection ship, with the destruction of the hub, the five are the only ones who know how to rebuild Res Tech, but Ellen claims it will take all five working together to rebuild it, and even then, she's not sure that he could do it. Well, now, also, that, that reveals to me that if any of the other final five, including Anders, who is kind of on the edge of death at the end of this episode, sure. if they die right now, they're done. Like, even their spare body, I don't think they can resurrect into it, correct? They, they, the resurrection ship is destroyed at this point. Um, so I think yes, if any of yes, them die, yes, they die. Yes, because we're looking at the past with the Ellen ship. Right. Yes, that's a mm-hmm. great point. And an important distinction to make. So when the attack on the 12 colonies happens, the Cavils prepare a new body for each of them aboard a res ship, right? Because he's like, all right, we're at war. Yeah. It, it, just knowing they're not going to survive. Right. We got right? to have a spare for them. He knows at this moment they'll regain their true identities and apologize for their views on the humans, right? So when the attacks come, the five manage to survive without dying and downloading. Tyrell and Saul were both the Galactica. Anders was in the mountains, right? Indeed. Um, Toriu was driving down a road in Delphi, was hit by a nuclear shockwave, survived. Ellen was in a bar on Pycon with Cavill. And <laughs> <laughs> when it's hit Doing by a what shockwave. what she always do. Bar was destroyed. Ellen was injured. However, she survived and Cavill kept her that way as she hadn't learned her lesson and still needed to. Cavill then personally escorts her onto a rescue raptor uh, and to the rising star before planting himself as a clergyman on Galactica, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. And then another Cavill in- infiltrates uh, Sam Anders' resistance movement and delayed relaying the location to the other Salons to see if Anders had changed. That's interesting. So, so Cavill kept Anders safe. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yep. So he survives because of Cavill. Yes. Just insisting on, you must be alive to suffer. (laughs) So that's a pretty cool, like, that's cool, man. I I think that's neat. I totally agree. And I mean, I I love the idea, too, that part of, and, and I could see, I'll say, you know, I could imagine some viewers being frustrated by some of this, thinking that there was... That that there was no bigger, broader answer to this. That it actually does boil down to something fairly petty and something you know a small, very personal reason uh, for all of this. But what I love about it, you know, this it's all been so mysterious up until now, up until really like the past eight episodes. <laughs> like it's been layers in mystery, and now we're getting all these answers. Is that I love the idea of all of this coming back to one single, you know, we can't say person, he's a Zylon, but one being's disdain and disagreement with the, you know, the essentially the perception of the other Cylons that it kicks off this entire, you know, galaxy-wide struggle and, you know, race for extinction and, and revenge 
all so that he can essentially bring them back and go, ha ha, see, I was right. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. That's what it really comes down to. Like, I mean, the billions of lives are affected by this. It's like one small interpersonal struggle echoes throughout the entire universe. And it's it's bizarre and that and I think horrible, and I think the the cycle of continuous in his mind enslavement of machine by man right mm-hmm. and I think he thought I'll break the cycle when I destroy the colonies right because right. I, th- I do it right I think he thought I'm gonna break the cycle by breaking them forever it's fucking cool and then he has yeah, his own and then he and then he has his own rebellion on his hands I just love that irony right and I love it. yeah that's actually a good point that you made I, I didn't even think about it that way the the sheer simple fact. That Cavill probably thought we've been doing this backwards. We're always exactly pushing pushing against the humans. And he says that actually, <laughs> right? It was like, why not just destroy all of humanity, the thing that created us, and then we have like this clean slate that's just us. Correct. He's a one he's way a to break the cycle. He's a purist. One bloody way. <laughs> <laughs> he's a real uh, he's a real get or done kind of guy. You know, a real like get it all. <laughs> likes my answers black and white. Kill them all. Yeah, I'm a real thorough salon, as they say. Does thorough rhyme with Cavill? I don't think so. But we're gonna we're gonna stretch credulity here. But um, no, it's cool. I like that. But it's crazy just to think about the this whole thing because just start thinking about the Thirteenth Tribe for a minute. And they are the. I, I love the idea. You know, you know all the conspiracies and interesting alternative history stuff. Uh, you know, read largely bullshit about this idea that there was an ancient civilization here before us that was destroyed by some sort of cataclysmic event. I love that idea. Like, I love the idea that, that something from the past is more advanced than something in the future. Like, that, that's so cool to me. Yeah. Like, a long time ago, and you're actually far, far away, right? That, that I, mean, I know that's shit, a really we, simple we way of... We, we've already had a version of that in actual proven history with, you know, a.k.a. the Roman Empire versus sure. the medieval Dark Ages. Sure. Like, the Roman Empire was far more advanced. We sure. lost so much technology. We went backwards in progression for hundreds of years. Totally. And, and you can even see it with like certain cultures or even certain religions or sects of religion that, that seem in, unable to have like to, to move through Renaissance, you know, <laughs> like they, a lot of like right. no, no reformations. It's interesting. But with this show, it's particularly cool because you have these final five who are like, well, they're all gone all of our friends are gone like they were part of this like perfect race almost that's destroyed and there's five of them left and like we better go stop this from happening the world the galaxy over right it's pretty cool man i am still i, I am still uh, bugged by the original tribe uh the 13th tribe which was proven to be when they went to earth all cylons like i mean just like the final five that they were humanoid cylons and they were one of the original tribes that left and went to earth and I'm like, well, where did they come from? Like, they, they must have been made by one of the other human tribes, right? At some point, that's kind of that's pretty unaddressed. And I guess it doesn't matter in the long run. Um, but to me, what I think is so interesting about that is that they were a very much so acknowledged tribe. They were a, the 13th tribe of Cobalt. Like, they had a name. Like, it wasn't just like, oh, Cylons that we made, and then they left and did their own thing. It's like, no, they were, they were their whole entire acknowledged tribe that departed is what it seems like. Sure. So, so some, so, so some reminders on that, because I think that's an important, so the sacred skulls tell us that the 13th tribe left Kolbol in the quote, early days. They traveled far and made their home upon a planet called earth, which encircled a distant unknown star, right? That's the mini series. Yeah. 
So the 13th tribe left the 12 tribes of humans and settled on Earth 2,000 years before the remaining tribes left Kowal. So it wasn't like everybody departed, the tr- departed. you know what I mean? They left for 2,000 years before. Yes, yeah. So there's 12 tribes. The 13th leaves 2,000 years before the remaining tribes leave Kobold. So there's 13 tribes on Kobold. The 13th leaves 2,000 years before the other ones. Mm. That's an important distinction. So the 12 yep. tribes eventually forget that their ancestors had created Salons in the first place and actually thought the 13th tribe were humans. Right. But they're not. Exactly. That's what's cool about it because they're lost in time. It's 2,000 years ago. That's like, that. it's almost like, us falsely thinking that the Egyptians were human when in fact they're not. That'd be such an interesting reveal. Like, think about that. Yeah. That's fucking yeah. wild. I'm not, I mean, the Egyptians are still here. I'm more talking ancient <laughs> Egyptians. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, yeah, exactly. Of like that, it's just been that, that aspect of the history has just been lost. It's just been. And in, in, in some didn't even think they were real. They thought the 13th yeah. tribe was a myth. Which goes to show why it's that much more believable that they wouldn't even remember the nature of that tribe. Yeah. Not to mention, yeah, like, yeah, not to mention, Cavill took that knowledge away from them, away from the skin right. jobs when he reprogrammed them, the bastard. Like when the five were boxed, he's like, I'm going to fix these fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get everybody thinking like me. Yeah. <laughs> well, man. The 13th it's tribe. Yeah. Interesting. So 13th tribe consisted of human Cylons who originated in Kobol, evolved from mechanical counterparts that the humans of Kobol had created. With them on Earth, there was also a distinct model of robotic Cylon on which. Only the buried helmet has been seen. While still on Cobalt, Salons or their creators had developed resurrection tech. Like this is, see, they're being safe here, but but that's the point, right? Right. But that to me, dude, it, it it's interesting because I'm like, well, that generation of Cylons, the original, you know, 13th tribe that left, why didn't you, you guys just do the same shit? Go find your own fucking place. Go find <laughs> your own neck of the woods, post up, do whatever you're going to do. Why you got to come back and kill us all? Well, but they, I think they're, I think maybe they're saying they were on earth first. Who? 2,000 years before the remaining tribes of Kobol left the 12 colonies of Kobol, right? Yes. Yeah. So in other words, earth, earth. so, so I, yeah, our, their earth isn't really our earth. I think that's important to note. Well, of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because I think they're trying to say that the 2,000 years before the remaining tribes of Kobol, they went to a place called earth Mm -hmm. because earth is more mythical in this world. Yeah. Yeah. And they are falsely remembered as humans. It's pretty cool. Yeah. But I still, yeah, I just think it's interesting that that tribe of Cylons left the other tribes of humans and went to Earth to live there instead of warring upon those humans. In other words, you're saying, you're thinking humans were on Earth already when they got there? No. Okay. I'm just making sure. Two ships sailing. Okay. Just making sure. (laughs) Here's Cobalt. Sitting here, it's got the 12 tribes of humans are living there, the 13th tribe of Cylons are living there, and at some point, 2,000 years ago, the 13th tribe of Cylons leaves, goes, goes to, to Earth. Earth. Yes. And I'm saying that that event in and of itself is interesting because those Cylons didn't attack the humans and try to make some war of them. They just left and went and made their home on Earth. Oh, oh, yes. Yes, that's, no, yeah. totally. That's why the final five, that's why Ellen is, that's why the final five are so cool. And that's why they return to try and warn the other Correct. Like, they, like Correct. they don't have this animosity towards humans, which I find fascinating because I'm like, this whole show has been, to, has been about humans creating Cylons, mistreating them, the Cylons rebel, and now there's this animosity between the both of them. Whereas it seems like the original Cylons, the 13th tribe that lived with the humans and then left and went to Earth, there was some level of you know 
amicability. Like they weren't trying to kill each other. They're no, they weren't. I think up. I think we're supposed to believe the final five were kind of peaceful. Right. Yeah. That those yeah. ones as yeah, a whole yeah. were peaceful. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we're going to get a little bit more about that in the next couple eps as well. So I don't want to stray into that water too much. Ah. But um, yeah. So pretty interesting. But that's the stuff I kind of wanted to just for us to get straight for our own heads going into mm. like the last few episodes here because I think it's important. Oh yes, and God. I think yes. and I think we have it. I think we're good. I think so. I think so. Um, but that said, uh, I I don't want to. I, I kind of want to like for sake of having helped people maybe understand this who haven't seen it in a while. I don't want to go too much further on this episode of the pod. It's already an hour anyway, just about. Right. But do you want to talk about a couple of just of the quick the quick hitter plot based things that aren't revolving around silent mythology? Like number one, getting the chief reinstated. Love it. Fucking love, dude. He's I the best him. man. I fucking love him. That's his. Yeah. I, I you knew how much I loved the chief when he was the chief. Like he's the best. Oh yeah, he's so cool. And what I love, I need my planes to fly, chief. Get her up in the air. Keep her there. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. She's my best girl, chief. <laughs> I'll take her out into my fucking pool cleaning tool shed and ravish her. I like the. Um, I think there's an also an interesting comparison here with almost this metaphorical representation of Roslyn, like the idea of its inner bones. Ooh, that's a good point. I and, and, and then remember yeah. how they temporarily cured her with Cylon blood? It's, it's, yeah, it's interesting. Sure. Yeah, I just, I was thinking about that today, actually. I'd never thought of that before. Well, I also just love this sort of, it's kind of, to me, it's like this episode for Adama is about him overcoming the last vestiges of his essentially Cylon prejudice of like, yes. you know, he has these moments of at the beginning of the episode, in a, in a sense, he does the biggest, you know, overcoming of that hurdle of just reaching out to the chief and saying, you want to be chief again? You're it. You've got it. Like I need him. Somebody fucking brained Laird. So I need somebody. <laughs> um, and he puts him back in and I think it's fantastic. They shake hands, you know, it's great. But then throughout the episode, he's still acting as if, well, we can't go too far. Like he's trying to take it as a half measure where he's like, you know, I'll put you back in as chief, fix, you know, fix my ship. I, I trust it. You know, I trust you uh, handle it. You know, we, we got to think, I mean, something we haven't really talked about much ever really is Adama's relationship to the Battlestar Galactica itself. Yes. Like, is there a more constant presence in his life than this fucking ship? Uh, I mean, you can't even say the same about Rosalind. Captain in his you ship. Can't even, yeah, can't even say the same about his son. Like, you know, he hasn't always been there. They've had their ups and downs. The ship has been this steady constant uh, in Adama's life. And it's kept we him saw alive, it, too. Exactly, exactly. And it, you can see it on his face and the way he has this, like, anguish about the ship being damaged and the ship possibly being lost. It hurts him. Like, it is totally personal to him. Um, and so him already reaching, you know, extending his hand to, to Tyrrell, who is a Cylon, but is his chief, and he knows he can trust this, you know, to him, sacred personal ship to his care. Already kind of seals the deal of like, yeah, this silent shit don't matter. Mm. Like, you know these people, but then yes. he goes, but the crew has to be all human, and also no, I don't want, I don't want Cylon tech on it. And you can kind of almost like I love how the it's re- chief, it's 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 reflexive. Yes, and I, I love how the chief doesn't push against it. That's what I think is really cool. Where he's like, okay, okay, he gets it. That's fine. Yeah, he's. I like, mean, oh, you know, your final five. Just say it. They were assholes. Yeah, that, All the history we, we just read should tell you why Adama feels this way. Exactly. <laughs> and and I love that at the end, again, just like Ellen Ty over a nice whiskey on the rocks, calls up Tyrrell and says, do whatever you got to do. 
keep the ship safe because it is the perfect like it's it's like the it's like the old racist dude in the 50s being like ah the, the damn blacks i don't trust them they're like well the only kidney that we can give you that will save your life is from this black man do you want it or not and he's like no it's like well you're fucking stupid like i don't know what to tell you you're gonna die because you're fucking racist and it's like he just offered you okay well we can't even jump the ship because it might fucking collapse it on itself like a house of cards and kill everything on board or i could give you this amazing cylon super glue which will make it stronger than ever do you want that no it's like don't be an idiot like yes you do that fucking cylon gorilla grip (laughs) <laughs> that <laughs> badass gorilla glue that seeps into all your cracks dude you can fucking nanobots just re- thinking it repairs itself like the borg hell yeah like like it's fucking lex he does come, come on, around maybe. on that though doesn't he he does exactly yeah and because i mean it's just he does and like i said like chief doesn't have to push him because it's so obviously the correct thing to do he's yeah. just like i'll just let you sit with that decision for a while dude things are looking up for the chief he's the chief again I love the story about, oh, you two are madly in love. And he's like, that's crazy. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, that's it's terrible. like we should smash. Just yeah. Bit, you know, I don't know. That's a Maybe. crazy idea. Want to like, <laughs> want to get naked and just see if it's, I mean, I, I'm just saying, wait, we should try it. I mean, our parts already know each other. You, you know, know? you know what it reminds me of? It's like in those what? movies where like two masculine guys are in a car and like a fucking like, pansy song comes on and the guy's like oh i think it's in tommy boy right and they're like oh, lame he's like yeah he's like you can change he's like no i'm good he's like oh all right and then like cut to two minutes later they're both singing it and crying you know <laughs> exactly <laughs> just passionately in a, in a broom closet just, that, 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 i that, never forget the feeling of you that's what this reminds me of like i love i dude tyrell the, uh, i forget his name he's so good here the actor that he's like, ah, yeah, that's crazy. Right. And then he keeps looking at her. I love it. Dude. Awesome. Cause you know I why? Love, yeah. and, and you're not going to want to hear this ladies, but he's a guy and he thought of six ways to fuck her. <laughs> I mean, look at her. She's pretty damn good. looking. That's what he did. That's, that's, that's sadly the way our brains operate. <laughs> uh, what dude, else? Also, what else? You, let's, the, the, we got to talk about Rosalind too. Well, dude, one thing that I keep forgetting, like, it's another one of those just like of the intricacies of Battlestar that I have to remind myself like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's the way this thing works. I forgot. You know, when we see Boomer up there with Cavill, that's Boomer Boomer. That is the galactic crazy Boomer who shot fucking Adama like that. She's the original. Um, and we really haven't seen that much of her other than her just embracing more of her Cylon side and becoming this like right hand to Cavill. Sure. Um but what I love about this episode too is there's that moment. It, it, it's it says a lot. It's a big editing choice to do this, where she goes, "Love the humans. That's what you want from us to do. Love them. Why would we do that? Who would I love?" And hard cut to Tyrrell, dude. Black. Yes, and I was like, "Whoa, show. Are you saying what I think you're saying?" Because at she's, the end of this yeah, episode, she, she's full of shit, right? And at the end of this episode, she's escaping with Ellen, going back to the Galactica. So I'm like, hmm. <laughs> I wonder, I wonder what is going to happen with this. Oh, yeah. Because, uh, they, you know, it's been so long, it's harder for me to even remember, but they had a fucking pretty intense romance. They loved each other. They absolutely loved each other. And then Tira went through all that, like, you're silent. Shit. You're fucking silent. Now he's probably like, look at the fucking pudding on my face. <laughs> <laughs> look at the chocolate pudding dripping down my chin like a big handful of monkey shit. Oh, bye. Oh, bye. 
Hold on a second. Let me take this crow out of my mouth. <laughs> Sorry, I condemned you as a soulless beast. Hold on. Has anyone seen my shoe? Oh, it's in my mouth. <laughs> it's a, what, is he a cartoon character now. <laughs> so fucking stupid. <laughs> Dude, we've had we've had so much homework to do on this episode. We're cutting loose, here, dude. Bro. It's Sorry. recess, brother. <laughs> it's recess. We just got out of fucking quantum <laughs> physics. I'm gonna fart. I've been holding it in. It's recess, dude. Ah, <laughs> oh, uh, but yeah, no. I mean, I and I, dude. I thought still thought it was a great. It's one scene. It, it, this one scene it, it really says a lot between these two characters. The only scene we get between Lee and Rosalind. And her basically being like, kind of returning back to the Rosalind we've had in the past, you know, four or five episodes, not the episode, not the Rosalind we had during the mutiny episodes. It was like, with every rocket I have, I'll <laughs> fucking kill you all. But no, back to the Rosalind who's kind of like, eh, I think I'm done with the whole president yeah. thing. You know, I like this moment of her just being like, oh, no, I am still done. Like, kind of like, you could see the wave of relief on Lee's face. Like, all right, well, she's back. And she's like, oh, no, don't get comfy. Like, I'm fucking done. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to do, do this shit. But that moment where she's like, it's, you are the right choice, Lee. You've always been the right choice. Um, and I think it is the perfect character summation of Lee Adama when she says, I think you are so focused on always doing the right thing that you may not always do the smart thing and i'm like mm. that's that's lee that's, that's lee politics too huh? exactly right exactly you know i'm scrubbing like, through this plan i want to watch it yeah dude i think i think what we should do is we we cover the episode i mean the the the, the series in its entirety an episode for each of the final and do a watch and then we do a final watch i'm in episode of the plan i'm in hell yeah i'm in and i think we do it that's live fun. maybe we do a live Ooh, yeah let's do it live fuck, All right. fuck it there it is. Yeah. There, it, there is. it is. Announced. Awesome. Well, um, boy, I think whew, school's out for summer. Holy shit. <laughs> I'm still scratching my head on some things, but. School's been out. Just Ben Affleck paddling a 13-year-old, you know. Hell yeah, dude. That's amazing. That's amazing, dude. Anyway. Um, so you did, you did post about no exit. Yes. We've got some good listener comments and I do not want to go over them like we did last week. I'm so sorry guys. Uh, because there were some great ones last week too. All right. Um, but, uh, I definitely, I want to bring up Mr. Callum Banbury who wrote a fucking book on here, but I also think it's really good. Um, actually I'm going to go ahead and read the, the latter half of his comment. Uh, jokes aside, cause he had a long joke, uh, basically remixing Cavill's speech to be about our podcast, which is funny. Um, Jokes aside, the revelations hit hard this week. There's a lot to unpack in the episode as a whole, especially regarding the origins of the human Cylons. We now know that models one through eight were built by the final five, but perhaps more interestingly, the hybrids we see on the Cylon base stars as well as the ship in Razor are implied to have been the experiments of the old Centurions to make organic bodies. We didn't even talk about that. Right. Um, I'd really like to focus on Cavill, though. Dean Stockwell is fantastic with such forceful delivery of frankly bizarre lines. I want to smell dark matter. Yeah, he actually sells those lines. He does. He really does. Like, I believe he is a robot who understands he could feel those things if given the Totally. Point. And I'm like, I love it. Um, but he says, it's just so brilliantly nonsensical, yet it works so well. Cavill's motivations throughout the series have always been fairly veiled, but now we get to see that he's a deeply flawed individual. He professes to hate his creators for denying him the chance to evolve beyond the limits of his squishy meatbag body to become a better machine. 
Yet that hatred and spite is a human quality. I've seen a lot of posts about how Cavill is a complete hypocrite, which is difficult to argue with. How can he claim to be above humanity when his actions have been driven by emotion? He was jealous of Cylon number seven, good retcon there by the writers to fix that missing number, driving him to murder. He hid the knowledge of the final five from the other models, even abused Ellen on New Caprica, knowing full well that she was his creator. Much like Gata or Zarek in the last episode, Cavill's actions contradict his ideals. Ah. It's a very good way of saying it. Very good, Callum. Um, However, I think from from this perspective, uh, this only reinforces why he thinks he is right. If he had been made more like a machine, Cavill would not have acted in such a human way, proving to himself that the final five were wrong to build him this way. Dude, that's cool. I don't want to be human! (laughs) Ah, so good. Awesome shit. Very well said, Mr. Banbury. Banbury. Uh, Tommy Brinkley, did you kind of read some of this? Yes. Right. Wait, you, wait, from T-Dog? Oh, no, no. I, he had that early question. He said, Matthew, what did you think of the episode? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But he's got another longer The swirl's back, baby. So it turns out that John, <laughs> a sadist and a murderer with an Oedipus complex who's hell-bent on revenge for the... He does. He did fuck his mom. For the atrocities afflicted upon his people by the humans, a.k.a. your prototypical arc enemy. Oh, yeah, and he fracked his mom. Dude, think about him fracking his mom. It and how ugh. no, it's because, actually the most gangster thing ever. <laughs> explain yeah. why. Because he's say? yes, because he's because listen, she didn't birth him out of her vagina. She made him in a lab, number one. <laughs> okay, there's no real family connection there. And he's so mad at her, he fucks her. <laughs> and she has no memory of being a final five at that point. That's kind of wild. And he also knows that that's what I'm he saying. Appears, he appears like her actual biological father, which is wildly gross. <laughs> like, <laughs> fuck. In his image, he's like, I'm your son and your daddy. I'm your son and your daddy. Andrews goes from not knowing anything to being the man with all the answers. Unfortunately for Kara, uh, Andrews isn't able to provide the one answer she desperately craves. That's a great point. She's still left we didn't hanging. We about that. Mm-hmm. We can now in Prime Minister the ever-growing list of titles for Lee. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that so funny to me? Because he's had 45 jobs throughout this show. It's just such a funny thing. <laughs> <laughs> that just makes me laugh. It's not even funny, but it's, I guess that's why it's funny. Tori has so much animus toward the human species. One would think that she and John could be the next Cylon power couple, indeed. The guy that played Dr. Gerard was great, a nerdy brain specialist, totally devoid of bedside manner and social cue. No, he serves as both an information dump and a philosophical debate on the merits of being human versus being a Cylon. That being said, I found the scenes with Cheryl and Adamada of more resonance, and for me, were the high points. The final scene in particular was an emotional one for me. I like it. I dig it. I dig it. That that doctor was uh, John Hodgman, the comedian, actually. Oh, shit. That's cool. (laughs) Yep. But dude, that's that's one thing we didn't even talk about was uh, Starbuck in this episode. Her... You know, I love that the moment of her allowing the surgery to happen after she realizes he doesn't have any answers for her. Um, it's a, it's a kind of selfish moment, but an understandable one because she's only holding on holding off his surgery so they can you know spew these memories that he has while the bullets lodge in his brain so that she can get her answers. Even though he has more to tell the the final five Cylons, she's like, well, I didn't get my answer, so fuck it. I want you to go get surgery so you don't die. Um, it's both a selfish and a selfless, you know, moment there. It's a very emotional one. I really, I liked that a lot because she's still, I mean, you, this episode proves it completely that she still very much so cares about Andrews a lot. Yeah, totally. Um, Marcus has a good point. I'll read the first part of his uh, thing. 
I love watching the centurion help Ellen out of the tub and how it struggles to perform this task, helping rather than hurting. The way it makes a claw, then looks down and realizes it's sharp. Um, yeah. He's basically, that's kind of his whole point. And that is a really cool moment. It is. You can tell it's so awkward, like it doesn't understand. It's never had to not kill before. <laughs> like, right. And it's, it's also like, it's also experiencing Cavill normally, and now it's experiencing Ellen who shows respect. That's what Marcus is saying. That's a great point, dude. That's a very good point. And I, I rewatched the scene, think, keeping that in mind, Marcus, after reading your comment. And it's true. Like you see his hand, it, it holds out its hand the right way, but forgets that it's, you know, it's got its claws out and it goes, oh, and just like retracts them into like its fingers so that it's just regular fingers. And then she takes it. And she's like, thank you. Like she thanks it. And like, you got to imagine these things don't get thanked. Like Cavill doesn't fucking say thank you. He throws his cum rag in their face. He's Damn, there. Blair. <laughs> Like like the most abused death butlers there could ever be. <laughs> awesome. Well, there you have it, ladies and gents. There you have it. Another episode of Recommissioned in the Banks. I think we did pretty well, all things considered, on that episode. I'm sure there's a couple of details we may have missed or flubbed, but we can always address them next week if that is the case. Um, but I was happy with that conversation, and I hope you guys were too. Which brings us to next week's episode, Deadlock. As we march. Comments, guys. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yes, that's a great point. Thank you, guys. Um, As we continue our march, buddy, Deadlock, Someone to Watch Over Me, Islander, and A Stream of Stars, and then the three-part daybreak. Damn. Damn. That is so weird. Yep. Well. Oh, we're so close. So close. Well, thank you guys very much for tuning into another episode of Recommission, the Battlestar Galactica Podcast. We will catch you guys next time.